0: said son you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't
1: stop driving, driving funny, funny cars. tell him it's your car and you do what you want with it i own this car i do as i please i also own the highway my taxes paid for that they're both
0: mine i own the highway and i own the car i own everything
1: i Hey, everybody. This
0: is Throwing Riches Podcast. My name's Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott, and this is the auto podcast that can still have fun with Christmas shows.
1: And that's in direct reference to our last Christmas show for the
0: 2020 season. I Mm -hmm. hope you all enjoyed it as much as Daryl and I did. It was the third show, Eric. We had a third third Christmas show to bring Christmas memories to yet another generation of listeners.
1: Christmas cheer. You know... I made so much point of how maligned. I said the word maligned like ten times in that show. Yeah. how much everybody hates it, and I don't. I didn't feel the hate this time.
0: Did well, we you? didn't know. It, it, it hasn't come yet. <laughs> Maybe it's waiting in a mailbox somewhere uh, in a processing facility. But no, I think we, we had some some positive feedback there. And uh, we actually had some feedback from listeners to, um, who, who actually had their own suggestions. We didn't quite make the end of the show, but uh, that's okay. There's the pre-show, another hint, hint reason for you to yeah. support the show with pa- Patreon.
1: Patreon subscribers uh, gave us a little bit of feedback, and we talked about those on the pre-show. We'll get to that here in just a second. Let's start the show off like every good podcast does, Daryl. Let's talk about the sponsors. Love to. All love right. to. So the first sponsor, as usual, and we appreciate their support over the, the couple of years here that we've been on the air, is Fort's Toyota of Pekin at wwwtoyota com. If you don't know, I work at Fort's Toyota. I'm the service manager there. i been there a few years. Stopped in at Fort's Toyota in 1996 and turned in my application Wow. Yeah, been a while.
0: Anyway. the rest is history.
1: Yeah, Forts Toyota is a Pekin uh, dealership. They're family-owned, small business located in the heart of central Illinois. They live the Toyota lifestyle, beautiful, functional, and high-quality cars and trucks that will stand the test of time no matter what your budget is. Visit them at toyota com or stop by Forts today at 120 Radio City Drive in North Pekin, or as they like to say, 15 minutes from anywhere, See the friendly, ha <laughs> ha See the friendly professionals selling and servicing and racing and climbing and throwing snow off of them and sliding and everything else. That's what we're doing. Um, we got some great cars that came off the truck. I did a video today. I all saw all wheel drive Prius came in today, which I love that car to death. There's a company that does like uh, lifts on Prius.
0: No kidding. Yes. Yeah,
1: so take an all wheel drive Prius. Somebody please do this. Please, somebody call me. Say <laughs> I have a Prius and I want to lift it and want to put a ski rack on the top or whatever, I'm your man. I, cool. I, we will make
0: that happen, okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got a sidetrack
1: on the, the sponsor there. You no, better... I
0: think it's great. You also got a Heritage Land Cruiser in today, too. We did. You? Is that uh, spoken we... for? No, no. As a matter of hmm. fact, I think we might be
1: hoarding them. So Because uh, this is the last... I, I, I just saw an article. There's reports yeah. okay. back and forth. What's going to happen with the Land Cruiser?
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, some food for thought. If, if Santa didn't leave a Land Cruiser <laughs> under your Christmas tree... Uh, call the folks at Forts Toyota. We might have a black one. We might have a white one. But, perhaps.
1: Uh, yeah, perhaps.
0: Perhaps. All right. Uh, another uh, sponsor we'd like to say thank you to for their uh, long time support here, Casey Law Office. On the web, you can check them out at clomorton.com. Casey Law Office is dedicated to an honest practice of law and will fight to get you the result you deserve. No matter what your legal need, contact Gabe Casey at the Casey Law Office. You can call or click and discuss your claim free of charge. That's Casey Law Office, a modern legal practice dedicated to solving your legal issue. Again, the website is clomorton.com or you can also check out uh, Gabe's other business venture, 309arena.com, and check out his Arena Esports uh, have, have you venue. been there yet? Did You, you stopped in? Did... I stopped in while it was under construction, uh, but not since oh, That's right, since when you opened. and I were there at the same time. Yeah, so they had, he had his grand opening uh, fairly recently, right? I was
1: there at the soft opening, I think it was the week of Christmas. Okay. And uh, I was talking to Gabe. He, had, he said he had a bunch of high school kids come in. They were like doing some uh, head-to-head gaming and stuff like that. And, of course, when you and I were there, was that the day I was playing the uh, – the, uh, no this was
0: still uh he had finished painting and things like right. that so. we were there early so've yeah. been,
1: i've been there a couple times and so i sat down and i played uh not need for speed what's uh, forza i played oh yeah the i forza. played forza had a blast on the big screen uh just total fun i'm like oh i can see camping out in a couch here and just playing and then that so he has PlayStation consoles. He has the, X, the new Xbox on there. Nice. I don't even know how he got the PlayStation because that's supposed to be the one that you have to
0: pay like a million dollars to get your hands on right now. Right. But well, he might ha- have known a guy. But he, Yeah, maybe. Uh, nice the, venue, though. Uh, uh, lots of individual kind of stations. And then it's it's tiered, right? It's, like the, yeah. it's a two, couple different levels. Kinda. Yeah,
1: and he's going to have the VR right in the front window. And then he said, Daryl, he's going to have racing stations that maybe we can do a future episode from. And actually do like a head to head racing, which would be a blast.
0: Yeah, I would lose. Uh, no,
1: I, I'm terrible. I'm I'm possibly the worst at video games. So you and I would no, be... no. I'm
0: I'm even worse than you. I guarantee. No. I, oh no. <laughs> we'll, we'll be, we'll be <laughs> who can suck the worst, right? Uh, yeah. 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 I'll make a lot of references to like you know Excite Bike and Rad Racer, yeah. which is the extent of my uh, video gaming racing skills. Road.
1: I played Road Rash on the Sega. That was the best game I ever that played.
0: Was, is that the bike? Yeah. Yeah. You're throwing a, the chains and the kicking sh- people. Yeah. And like all the uh, the police were like Officer Sprinkles and stuff like <laughs> donut names. It was... <laughs> Anyways.
1: That's right. Yeah, they come on the screen. Anyway, yeah, so check out CLO Peoria or CLOMorton.com or Arena309. The Instagram feed is where it's happening right now for Arena309. Yeah. Uh, check that out. And, of course, Fort's Toyota Pekin, longtime sponsors. We do appreciate the support. Not to be outdone, though, our Patreon subscribers definitely mm-hmm. help us out, too. And, and we did our Patreon pre-show. And if you didn't listen to the Patreon pre-show, then you definitely don't know about the incident I had last week at work. And uh
0: um, we're going to leave it at that, or are we going to give him a little? I don't. I don't know that I could a little share. Taste? No, I'm not. A little no. sprinkle.
1: you don't want to taste. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah. anyway, it was a uh, it was a great pre show this week, and uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber and uh, you uh, <laughs> just just share with people, tell them tell them how great it is because uh, we have a good time doing that. It's a little bit more than the regular show. We go in a little bit more in depth about maybe some embarrassing moments that Eric had at work. I don't, think, I don't think you shared nearly as much embarrassment as I did.
0: No, not yet. Give it time.
1: All right. Give it time. We got some feedback this week and uh, some great emails. Actually, because we did the Christmas show, we were a couple of weeks behind on reading some of this stuff. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this podcast host, it looked like they were pretty popular. It was like, we never get feedback. And I'm like, we get emails every once in a while, and I, I do enjoy reading them. So, like, we had this one from Marvin Goodwin. Uh, he's a big fan. He likes what we do. Uh, what's going on, guys? Big fan listening to the last couple shows. I'm extremely interested in your input in the DIY auto industry and its impact on the economy. Like you guys starting out, I am starting out a DIY garage in North Carolina. And so DIY, to me, I, I had to be very – I wanted to get some clarity on it. So sure. I, I emailed it back and I asked, so when you say DIY, are you talking about having a garage that people can actually come in and, and work, work on, on their, on their stuff? stuff? Yeah. And that's exactly what he's got. And – um We'll share some links. I actually, I asked Marvin, I don't know if you saw this on the email thread, but I he would be an interesting phone call if we could yeah. figure out the phone interview yeah. thing. Uh, his garage looks super clean. He's going to loan out tools. He has super clean bays. And I I just want to know the demographic of the people who come in and, and working on their stuff.
0: I'd be curious of that, too. I know that that was a thing for a brief period of time in the, like, 20s and 30s, the early days really? of the automobile. Really? Really? Yeah. Um, in fact, here in Peoria, if you go right across from Sugar, the uh, pizza mm-hmm. place there mm-hmm. on – is it Washington or Adams? I forget. The, tr- the Three Amigos? Yes. That building used to be Peoria Auto Parts. Okay. And on the second floor, there was a bowling alley. It was a weird building. But um, there's little uh, s- storefronts there now, but they were all individual garage bays where you would go buy your Peoria Auto Parts. You'd buy your generator or your fan belt or whatever you needed. Then you would rent a bay in the little adjacent building there and do your repairs, turn your tools into the tool crib, and then peace out, go back about your business. But that was in an era where people didn't have garages. A lot of people lived in the city. They parked sure. their cars on the street.
1: Well, back when a garage was like a one-car thing in the backyard, yeah.
0: right? You couldn't yeah. you couldn't work around that car if you wanted to. No, and most people, frankly, they didn't have a, a, a ton of tools at home. That it, it, We have come a long way in that regard in terms of DIY, but... There are still a lot of folks that either don't have the knowledge, don't have the space. They might live in an apartment but have a cool car. and Like, I'm not taking this to a shop. I want to do all my own work. I think that's a great, great idea. I'd love to hear more and talk with them. Yeah,
1: so we'll share a link. I think it's D. I I can't remember the exact name because, you know, when we do our – Deep research here. You know, we should put this in the notes, but we didn't. Fine. Sorry. Fine. Uh, we got another email from Shannon Baugh. She, I think she's a service advisor out on the East Coast, and she said she absolutely loves the show. Just had one quick comment, and it's a great comment, actually. I was searching for you guys on Facebook so I could give you all some likes and support, but I had trouble finding the correct page. I finally realized it was due to the spelling of throwing. Throwing, as she put in uh, parentheses there. Yeah. So it may be worth an extra moment, or to throw out that during the show to let people know. Yeah, it is not throwingwrenches.com. It's throwing wrenches, and maybe give a quick synopsis. That that's like your old handle. I mean, you had a blog throwing wrenches, right?
0: Yeah, it's still up there. throwingwrenches.blogspot.com. dot dot You check that out if you're really bored. Um, Great articles on there. Don't let them uh, undermine anything you yeah, saying. Yeah. There's there's some old old musings, but no, I, I put that on there because there was a years ago when I came up with the the, the handle. Um, it was a double entendre, you know. Like, uh, th- you know, my my buddy Clint back home used to always say, "You know, come over, throw some throw some wrenches," and you know, basically that meant work on a race car, yeah. do something. But it was also like throwing the monkey wrench in the works because I also do that a lot, where <laughs> I take something and make it a lot more complex and ruin ruin something. Um, but there was a band that was called "Throwing Wrenches" with a G. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't get any of the domains with "Throwing Wrenches." And I'm like, okay, cool. So I just said, I'll just say throwing, like with an apostrophe. Yeah. You know, like it's hip, it's cool, it's happening. Uh, but it's also no. confusing. It's also confusing. But that was in the days where I just, I was doing my artsy thing and I wasn't worried about SEO optimization. Uh, little did I know that that would be something that might be <laughs> beneficial in a future life. I mean, there w- there was a
1: conversation maybe a while ago about changing the name to something easier to search for. But you know what? At this point, we own it and uh, we're going to make it happen no matter what. That's right. So thank god you chose something at least you know less than 20 syllable or whatever. I don't
0: yeah, know. I mean it could be could be worse. I'm trying to think of a terrible domain name, but yeah. there, there's there's a bunch out there.
1: I love old cars and .net, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot .ia or something, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so Shannon says she will be looking forward to the next installment. Thank you, Shannon. And actually, that was a great little conversation. We needed to needed Appreciate to have that. it. All right. So if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, well, let me tell you a little bit about Daryl Scott. He knows a thing or two about fuel density. And on his Flex Fuel Tundra, he can smell it, he can feel it, and uh, he got it tuned up just because he sensed it. He's also a year richer in his classic automobiles in the Scott Auto Museum of North Peoria because it is 2021. That's Daryl Scott.
0: That's true. Still applying for that, uh, that nonprofit status. <laughs> museum so I can write it all off and buy more cars. Good luck with that. If uh, you don't know my my co-host, my co-host, he may find himself in another part of the world. He may also find himself behind the wheel of a large four-wheel drive automobile. He may ask himself, how did I get here? Hmm. And then his GPS signal returns, and he continues about his journey across the country. He... Is Eric Stahl?
1: That's an amazing intro. I think you won. I mean, twenty twenty one. I'm gonna have to really sharpen my game to keep up with that thing. Thanks, thanks. Right. Little, little little David Byrne talking heads, right? Absolutely, it was great. All right, thanks for listening. Please share this on Facebook and other social media sites. I always say I share it on on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I'm not sh- I'm not on Parlor, It's never gonna happen. Sorry, kids. So if you're a Parlor fan, just uh, uh, forget about it. Uh, but please share it with everybody. That's how we get the word out, and uh, we appreciate all the support.
0: Sure do. Alright, so, uh, in the... God, it hasn't. Really, it's been like two weeks or three. No, it's been like six weeks since we did a legit show, a real, real show. Yeah, yeah the Christmas show you and I got together. I mean, it, that the Christmas show is legit. I hate to, hate to say it's not legit. Yeah, it's just not the same. It's not the same. No, but it has been a while since we put on a regular show, so this is good to kind of get back in the grind because we have had points uh, where in the past where we haven't done a show in a while, and that first show back is like a train wreck, right? It's a dumpster fire, like because we're stepping over is each other. Is this a dumpster fire happening? Not, right now? not no, okay, okay, well, okay, Not yeah. Okay, right. right. I think I don't know. We'll we'll hear about it if it is, but no, this is this has gone pretty well. I thought, jeez. Anyways, what have you been up to since yeah, since so the holidays? Our, you guys had a good good Christmas, good New Year's.
1: Uh, yeah. You know what's funny? We didn't really get any car stuff for Christmas. I got uh, my son a, a better radio fit kit, and I gave that to him for Christmas.
0: You know, was this it, the one that was like Sparky?
1: Well, I got him. I got him a face plate and a like a half half dish. A, like touch screen thing for his forerunner, yeah. but of course it, it, since it's so shallow, it like dips all the way into in there and i didn't have the right fit kit, so I got a fit kit at Walmart, but it didn't work right because it wasn 't for the right model, blah blah, yeah, okay. so long story short, I got on Amazon, I found the fit kit I needed. it was twenty four ninety nine and so when Christmas came around, he didn't tell us what he wanted, so I put that as one of his gifts. Yeah, why not? Goes, you're going to give that to him as a gift. I'm like, well, he sure as hell didn't pay for the radio or the, the subwoofer or any of that other stuff I put in that car. Right. And I paid you know these guys to install the sub. So, yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. And uh, so in the meantime, this, this subwoofer I got him has been rolling around the back of his truck. Every time I look in his truck... I'm like, dude, you got so much stuff piled up back here. You got like lawn chairs, and you got your book bag. <laughs> and so one day he comes up and he goes, "Dad, my subwoofers not working." I walk out there, and this book bag is wrapped around the auxiliary power. Wire. There's a live 12 volt in the back of most Forerunners, and his 98 Forerunner is no exception. Uh, that powers the amp, turns it on. Okay. Well, the amp's kind of loose, and the sub's loose back there, and his book bag is wrapped around this auxiliary wire and it's ripped it out of the sidewall of the truck. Oh, no. And I'm like, dude, I mean, just because this stuff's back here doesn't mean it just automatically works. You have to pay attention to this stuff. (laughs) Anyway, so, but I did. I got... I Did went in, and clean it up? I went into my home wiring accessories here. <laughs> I took one of those screw caps, and I got the, the three wires that were all supposed to be together for that Yeah. And I, and I screw tied them together that way because, you know what, the the black electrical wire that the technicians put it on with, that wasn't getting it done. And my soldering iron uh, ran out of butane. And then I went to my butane can, and the tip broke off the butane can because I must have dropped it and not saw it one day. Oh, great. And I, if I would have saw that broke... I would have. I would have instantly the next time I was at the store fixed Just it. Picked one up, yeah. yeah. So it makes me think maybe one of my kids maybe dropped it the last time they were filling something, but or maybe have...
0: they're out back making fireballs. I used to do that with my dad <laughs> stuff too. <laughs>
1: hey, check this out.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, you get bored. So know. yeah,
1: so that was the extent of anything automotive I did. I mean, it, it's uh, Christmas. I mean, what what more can you do now? At your place, I mean, you got seven or eight cars laying around that need service, right?
0: Yeah, a couple. I got I got three that that are calling calling some attention, and uh, then I tore my basement out, and I've been dealing with that and working on some electrical. Which and,
1: looks amazing, if you know Daryl and you're following along at all, dude. This the nice thing is about this you're doing it the right time of year. You're going to spring and summer, and, and ideally you get this thing in great shape. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, well, we'll 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 get there. It's just that right now the the final piece of the puzzle is waiting for. A, uh, radon mitigation guy to come in and drill more holes in my walls and put the fans and pipes and all that. I thought once stuff they did in. the
1: um, the water leak stuff, that w- they could tie the radon into that. No,
0: They're, they will, but they still have to exhaust it and seal the channel where the the baseboards and stuff are. And it's yeah. Just, just yeah.
1: There's nothing more peaceful than walking outside your house when you live out in the middle of the country and opening the slider door and walking on the patio, looking out in the woods. And hearing the fan running on the, the roof. Yeah, all like, the time. What's yeah. that noise?
0: It's yeah. a damn it fan. It sucks. So there's got to be a better way. I don't know. I think I'm going to try to find a way to, uh, I don't know, maybe enclose it or something. Yeah. It's like guys that run compressors and they put like they make a little fiberglass batting enclosure and then yeah. seal it up in there so you never hear it run. Well, if
1: the, if the fan were in the attic of my house, I would hear it all the time. Yeah. So outside the house, I guess it's better. But it does break up the peace and quiet. And I I live in an area where I could actually hear the peace and quiet. You could hear, like, the stream running. Yeah, yeah, where you live, maybe it wouldn't matter so much. I don't know.
0: It's not too bad. But, yeah, either way, uh, working on some of that. I didn't do, like you, I I didn't get anything for Christmas car-related. I didn't buy pretty much anything for the cars over the last couple of months. And I didn't order parts. I've been looking at stuff on Rock Auto and a couple other places, just seeing parts availability for – mostly right now the motor in the fifty eight Plymouth that I'm gonna be building. Uh and I say building, I have I have not even started tearing it apart or looking at it. I don't even know if it turns. If it's frozen, I'm screwed, but uh I have a feeling it'll probably be okay. Um, lots of closeout parts on Rock Auto right now, which is nice. Do you get the email alerts for those? No,
1: I, I, I'm not. Uh, thank God I'm not a subscriber to that. Are you? No. Yeah, that would be probably bad. Just add that to the 500 other emails I get every day.
0: It it makes you do dumb stuff. And anybody who's, who's subscribed to their email list knows that. Past customers, you know, closeout of the parts available for your vehicle now. Well, of course, I bought for so many vehicles, I, I get just – it's basically just a huge rundown. Yeah. But I'll do stuff like, oh, a water pump is $1.99. What? Oh, it's stupid. Oh,
1: that's too cheap.
0: Yeah, oh, it's dumb stuff. If
1: I, if, if they knew I had a 90 Super and needed parts, I might be – well, maybe I should get on there.
0: <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. But anyways, I'll give you my discount code for 2% <laughs> off or whatever the hell. Anyways, maybe
1: but yeah. Tie that into com.
0: Yeah, maybe we can monetize <laughs> this stuff. Anyways, well, that's all. I haven't been working on anything just – Non-car no, your basement. Related. Your
1: basement's ambitious enough, so I give you credit for that. I did buy a new impact
0: uh, uh, drill, a hammer drill, impact drill, oh. cordless. And, yeah, cordless. What oh, brand? Makita. Okay. And uh, where do you get Makita stuff nowadays? I just pick it up on. Uh, you can get it at Home Depot. Okay. But I I've just been buying it on Amazon. Okay. So now I got the
1: oh yeah Makita Makita. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Oh no Makita Makita blue. The blue and white. Okay. So I have Ryobi. Mm-hmm. But Makita is what I When I was a framer I was in high school We had those old Like 9 volts Those long tube ones Yeah You could get like 10 or 12 screw turns On those things rear, rear, yeah, They were dead Yeah God they're
0: terrible yeah, And the lithium stuff I still I have a hard time Getting used to that Especially you know Running uh, RC cars And stuff yeah. for many years And now lithium It's just When it's done It's done It's just dead It's just dead like, like, How'd that happen yeah. yeah So I Thank God for the rapid chargers That's all I gotta <laughs> say
1: All right. We ready for the next segment of the show, Daryl? Yeah, yeah. All right. So this is our newest and latest and greatest and our favorite. uh, They're all our favorite segments. They're like our kids. Can you have a favorite kid? You can. You really can. But Race Daily Kill is our newest segment. And uh, (laughs) Daryl has some dandies here, and he color-keyed them all nicely together. Rolling back the clock to 1993, kids, when Mm -hmm. there were such things as modestly priced performance coupes at $20,000, could spice up some new wheels and... Which one would you choose in this lineup? Now, this lineup is a 1993 Prelude, a 1993 Ford Probe. It was an SI Prelude and a GT Probe. And then the Beretta GTZ. I don't know what the GTZ is, but I see red wheels, Daryl, on a red car. That's right. And I'm going to guess there's some kind of a geometric formation on the alloy wheels in this
0: 1993 Beretta. Uh, they were just color coded. I think there were sixteen inches. They weren't
1: like square marked or anything.
0: They weren't like no. A, okay, all right, all right. No, that was the Z twenty four Cavaliers had the <laughs> the weird ones where it's like yeah, yeah, like cu- a parquet like floor. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, this is just a little different, but
1: this is a great selection, and I really, well, I really dig it. And I, uh, yeah, I kind of thought we were kind of the well had run dry. Let me just say it that way, Daryl. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's hard to come up with new ones, and I like I like going old school. I think you started doing the old school yeah. stuff. I would just pick random stuff. We started this, like, ooh, here's some cool yeah. three cars and, you know, like a shootout. Well, that's boring because you can read Motor Trend. You can yeah. pick up Road and Track and find the same stuff. Nobody's going to do a head-to-head comparison 20 years, 30 yeah. years later yeah. on, a, on a bunch yeah. of $20,000 sports car wannabes. But it, it does bring up the, the the one point here that I want to say. I think we had a lot more variety back in the day than we do today. Think I, I do. I think if you look at the lineup— you know, back, back in the day, $20,000 kind of sport coupes, you could find pretty much any autom- automaker. It was hard to come up with three. Um, you know, every automaker had some entry in here. You know, you had the Eclipse. You had, you know, you could throw Celicas in here. You could throw... 93 yeah,
1: would have had a Celica. Yeah.
0: You could even throw, like, I don't know, like uh, Grand Prix G- uh, GTPs or whatever. Mm-hmm. You could throw all kinds of fun stuff in here. Yeah, there's a
1: Mazda uh, MX-6. I think we decided that was that model. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so I just picked the ones that, that – the three that kind of just spoke to me at the time. Uh, and I remember as a kid in high school, I graduated in 97. So I st- my freshman year was 93. And I remember the principal of the high school, he was like a recent divorcee, like slicked his hair, thought he was super cool. And he went out and he – whatever he had, he had like like a Taurus or something boring. He went out and he bought a 93 Prelude and it was silver yeah. and had those cool alloy wheels and uh, just – nice looking car it was parked right out front so when the school buses dropped all the kids off like "Ooh, this dr rodakovich's prelude that thing's awesome and i remember thinking as a kid like someday i'm gonna have a cool little car like that yeah yeah uh and the probe gt i thought those were hot cars when those came out yeah uh compared to the mustang which every gearhead remembers the probe was supposed to replace the mustang when it came out
1: you, you know what
0: i forgot about that but yeah 86 or 7 whenever it came okay. out that was going to be. But the it death was high.
1: That car was definitely dialed up with the technology. Mm-hmm. I remember you'd, you'd light up the dash on it. It just—it screamed of I'm modern,
0: like digital, digital mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. LEDs or LCDs, probably back then. Uh, yeah, so that was the that was the the hot setup from Ford. But uh, of course, the Mustang loyalists said, "Oh, we're you know over my dead body." Yeah, exactly. And you know those guys. They still make Mustangs. And then the Beretta GTZ, I thought, was an interesting foray, a little experiment. They took a car that was that was kind of a neat car when it came out in 88, 87, and by 93, the body style had kind of, I think it was a little long in the tooth, and they decided they'd, they'd spice it up by throwing in this uh, kind of a Hot Rod Quad 4. Which
1: <laughs> the Quad 4. Which, You're an apologist for the Quad I am, 4, I, I swear am, to God. Did, I
0: mean, Regan is probably wet in his pants right now for this he, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's going to back me up on this. Yeah, yeah. I think in, a, in like one of our earliest episodes, he did. <laughs> So, shout out to Regan. But, um, no, I thought, you know, for the for the price point, they're pretty comparable. Uh, Horsepower-wise, they're pretty comparable. And, uh, you know, handling-wise, I don't know. I don't know how a Prelude or a Probe would have handled on a road course, but uh, I haven't imagined <laughs> – I have an idea <laughs> how a Beretta would handle. Um, so, I don't know. What uh, what do you say uh, – if you examine all of these picks – they're they're great picks, first off. And I have a little bit of experience with all three of these cars okay. from being
1: in sales and uh, – Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so – all three of these cars come with a, about a 2-liter engine. So the, the Honda has a 2.3-liter. spits out 160 horsepower. The Ford Probe is 164 horsepower with a 2.5-liter, which I thought was a little light. I thought that car was a little heavier on the horsepower. And then the uh, Chevy Bread has a 2.3-liter and that quad four with 180 horse. This car is yeah, the baby. beast of, of all of you. Yeah, like oh, it. yeah. Get it, Daryl. Get it. Yep. So here's my deal. Okay, so we got a race. <laughs> And we have to daily, and we have to kill one of these cars.
0: That's right. There's the rules. We and, didn't make them. These, these are just the rules. The,
1: the, just, this is the, uh, the nature of the beast. All right. So well, this really wasn't even a discussion for me. I'm driving the Honda Prelude for the next 20 years. Okay. I'm gonna. That's going to be my daily driver because that sucker's never given up. That car's going to drive for the next 20 years flawless. And then the best part about it is after 20 years of driving that car, I'm still going to sell it for 60% of what I paid for that car. It was $20,000 back in 1993. Guess what? (laughs) I'm still selling that car for $8,000 20 years later. You're probably right. Yeah. And that's an easy choice. Okay. Now, the probe is getting raced all day long. All right. I I traded for a mid-90s probe with the V6 and a five-speed. It was silver with black leather. And back in those days when you were salesman. I think this had to be 96, 97. It was, the car was fairly new. Uh, when you were a salesman on a Saturday, if you traded for a car, a nice trade-in like that, and you decide you want to drive for the weekend, if you'd had a good day, the sales manager would be like, yeah, put your plate on and drive it for the weekend. Dude, that Silver Probe with that V6 <laughs> and that five-speed, I was all over Southern Tazewell County in that thing, just yeah. blowing back and forth. I loved that. I was ready to buy that car by Monday morning. Thankfully, I didn't. But uh, you had a change of heart. Yeah. Well, I I just knew it was a Ford. I'm not a, I'm not a Ford guy. Even back then, I would have never bought a Ford. <laughs> so that leaves me with one option for the Beretta. I'm sorry, Daryl. You're
0: gonna take it out back.
1: And, I, I'm gonna take it out back behind the shed, just like I'm, old Yeller. And I'm gonna kill it, <laughs> quad four and all, taking oh. a, taking a bullet. I'm sure I'm sure
0: okay. there's gonna be a reprieve when you go through your decisions here. I don't know, maybe I. I respect your decisions, and uh, I, I can I can honestly say I, I understand uh, I understand your rationale. Uh, I do want to know though, what did the guy trade the the probe in? For? I
1: don't remember. Yeah. It's been, that was just a few years ago. A tricycle? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, maybe a truck? Who knows? Who knows? And, and oh no, wait, sixty percent of twenty thousand is twelve thousand. Sorry, my bad. bad math. No, you're fine.
0: All right, so looking at all three of these contenders here, I would have to say that I would. Most, most assuredly, race the prelude. Wow, that's uh, strong. This is an early VTEC car. Yep, and I remember that. Uh, I think it, it might have even had just like one little badge. If that, it was before the uh, everybody knew what VTEC was, and everyone's uh, VTEC kicked in, bro. Like <laughs> that was <laughs> it was before all the the wonkiness with that. Bruh. bruh. but I remember uh, a friend of mine's brother had had a uh, had one of these as well, and I remember riding in it, and you could. You know, you could visibly uh, or you could audibly hear when when the the valve timing changed. Car would just pick up, take really? out a new life. Yeah, and they they love to rev. So I remember it's not the H twenty two. This one was like an H or F twenty. What is it? H twenty three A one. I remember that was that There's was gonna a, be
1: some Honda geek out there that knows
0: that. Just like the two JZ
1: or something like that. We know the
0: Toyota yeah. guys all know their motors. Yeah, Honda guys
1: know these motors too. Yeah,
0: and it was funny too because they you know they oh I got an H twenty two swapped uh, Integra. <laughs> So that meant you took a bigger motor out of a Prelude and threw an Integra, which meant you were cool uh, anyways good good cars um, probably decent on a road course. I think it'd be fun to race this thing yeah or just hit it with some nitrous um, I would daily the beretta yes Eric, I would daily drive the beretta it's shocker shocker in the Scott family daily a chevy yeah quad four that's that 's what I grew up with, and I grew up I actually had a uh, an old Achieva SCX with the one hundred and ninety horse w41 code quad four. Which, by the way... The W41. The W41. Say
1: it's not so, Daryl.
0: Yeah. That thing was awesome. It was a hoot to drive daily, uh, just because for the time, it, it got up and, and moved with pretty much anything I needed it to. But it was still a 2.3 liter four-cylinder. It got 30-some miles per gallon. It was great. I loved it. The only thing that sucked was, uh, you know, head gaskets. But, you know, that's all right. <laughs> uh, and I would kill the Ford, just because uh, it's... I don't know. Because it's not a quad four, that's why. I, I think it's probably the <laughs> smallest of the bunch maybe the pond is but i don't know there's something about those fords i don't think I, I don't think i'd fit in them so i'd have to kill it sorry not sorry quad 4 for life that's, that's my new hashtag quad 4 for life
1: daryl scott it's my quad choice. 4 for,
0: i'm going to put that in. you
1: may find yourself
0: in a quad 4 for life terrible yeah. anyways uh, what do you think let us know we've had a couple people give us a little bit of feedback on the uh, race daily kill but if you have a suggestion yeah. We're all ears. Yeah. Info at com. Yeah. Get it right on the spelling, folks. Yes, yes.
1: All right. Uh, one of our favorite segments of the show that kind of comes and goes as this uh, individual kind of comes and goes around the world is Where in the World is Carlos Ghosn? <laughs> all right. Criticizing Tokyo prosecutors, the UN panel says that Carlos Ghosn's human rights were violated. This is according to an article by Peter Lyon in Forbes magazine. In harsh criticism to Toyota, prosecutor, Toyota Tokyo prosecutors' human rights were violated during Carlos Ghosn's 130-day detention in a Japanese jail, says a U.N. panel. The ex-Nissan CEO was arrested in November of 2018 in Tokyo for underreporting his compensation to the tune of a cool $80 million. No big deal. Yeah. He was later re on related charges and then the third and fourth time on suspicion of using the company assets improperly. Uh, so in the meantime, Carlos sits on the banks of the Mediterranean, flipping his croissant.
0: Wearing his beret.
1: Yes. And he's mocking the Japanese openly lately in some uh, some conversation saying, well, they have not come to Lebanon to question me. In the meantime, the French government has announced that they will be in Lebanon next week to talk to Mr. Carlos because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Renault, part of that partnership, was a French company, Daryl. So they have a little bit of stake in in, in his future. Yes. Uh, The other interesting thing about this article, and and maybe somebody else can enlighten me, there was some big name Peter Lyon, if you look him up on Forbes magazine, this guy is an enigma. He has driven Le Mans. he's, He's done some cool stuff with Andretti and I think. See, the problem is there's a Peter Lyons. Without the S. Yeah, so Peter Lyon, without the S, is the writer for Forbes. Okay. And he has a massive resume of writing and doing automotive stuff. Yeah. But he's right now he's centered in Japan. Whereas Peter Lyons, if you look him up, he has a massive resume of automotive racing and classic car experience in the UK. Hmm. So I don't know if these two are related. I don't know if father and son said, you can't use my name or it's easier if we have them different. I don't know. But uh, that was a rabbit hole that just about crept in, and I'm like, I have no time for this right now.
0: Maybe he is the world's most interesting man, <laughs> Peter Lyon. Peter Lyon. Lyon. I got to plug in the computer because I'm down. It's the International man of mystery. I wish I had a cool name, but Peter, you know, Peter Lyon, Lion or Lions, it doesn't matter. It's a cool name. I just, I wish I had a cool name like Tell like it's a pen not, name. I mean, no, it's, it's not. Two
1: first names. Two it's, first names is always
0: cool. Yeah, but. I don't know. I'm trying to think of people that have uh, similarly cool names, you know, like Keanu Reeves, you know. And just something that evokes like, ooh, this guy's been some places and done some stuff. I was playing Trivial Pursuit the other day, uh, and River
1: Phoenix had like a terrible name, like Riverbank or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have a, a terrible name like that too, so be careful what you wish for. That's true.
0: All right. right, so we're going to actually expand our scope a little bit and go yeah. go around the world in 60 minutes? Yeah, in the uh, world of
1: international news, we'll just bump out a couple here real quick. Kia, if you didn't catch it today, was launching off the fireworks because they were going to introduce their new logo and slogan. Ta-da. Yeah, yeah. ta-da. It's not, that's not it, actually. That's, that's not it. No, no, no. Okay. no. <laughs> they unveiled a new I would have
0: done it cheaper. Go ahead.
1: Boop-boop-boop, Kia! (laughs) Uh, They unveiled a new, more modern, script-like brand logo to replace the aged oval mark and help jumpstart the the help jumpstart. Oh, that was you ringing, not me. Uh, The South Korean automaker's planned brand relaunch. As part of the makeover, Kia Motors Corp. has also adopted a new slogan, Movement That Inspires. Uh, Inspires what? Movement. Okay. The new emblem and the catchphrase were both unveiled Wednesday during a pyrotechnical display in the skies above Incheon, South Korea, that used 303 drones launching fireworks. Exciting stuff in Incheon, Daryl. Guess so. Guess so. All right. So movement that inspires,
0: and we'll move on to the next article with inspiration. Inspiration. All right, Peugeot. Peugeot shareholders approved auto's mega merger with Fiat. Shareholders in the French car maker Peugeot, Peugeot. owner PSA, finally gave the green light Monday to the uh, French company's merger with Fiat Chrysler FCA. That's one of the last steps towards creating the world's fourth, that's right, number fourth, largest automaker. At a special shareholder meeting, the deal to form that new company, which is called Stamentis, sounds, sounds
1: like something... Like if you're watching the evening news and they yeah. call out these drugs, yeah. take Stellantis.
0: But it's, if you talk to your doctor, <laughs> is Stellantis right for you? Yes. It's it's the new company that's going to be called Stellantis. Its first was backed by investors with double voting rights and that includes the uh, Peugeot family. Did not know that there was a Peugeot family. I did not know yeah. that either.
1: All right. Well.
0: All right. So that's one of them. China's Dongfeng and the French state via BPI France.
1: Yeah, the, it, it, She is Dongfeng. Dongfang. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, but Stellantis. Yeah, if if you have allergies, let's maybe <laughs> Stellantis isn't right for you. Call your doctor if you experience dude, any side effects dude, after taking Stellantis. Corporate groups, whatever, like think tanks, like oh, we got this, this group of 24 people, and we came up with Stellantis. Well, what's yeah. it mean? I don't know, but it's audio. It's it's appealing.
0: You know. Yeah, we did some focus group studies, and it just sounds cool. Yeah, exactly. Stellantis. Stol- <laughs> I got the I got the new Stellantis neurosis car. Oh, that sounds cool. The twenty twenty two. Yeah awful anyways <laughs> all right so that's a reuters story we'll link that up there yeah interesting if you're following some of the mergers and acquisitions or yeah things, things are things are going
1: to start hitting the fan here in the next couple of years so uh daryl i don't know if you're aware of this or not but electric cars hit a record 54 percent of sales in norway Ta-da. as vw eclipses tesla i keep talking about vw you and electric cars time. and nobody mm-hmm. listens to me on this i'm telling you i'm telling you The VW is coming for the electric car market here in the United States, and you are not ready for it, people. Keep shoving your money in Elon's back pocket. Electric vehicles accounted for more than half of cars sold in Norway last year, putting the country way out in front of efforts to kill the internal combustion engine, and Tesla lost its sales crown to the Volkswagen Group. Norway is using huge tax incentives to help ensure that every new passenger car and van sold in the country by the end of 2025 is at a zero-emission vehicle. Record electric vehicle sales in 2020 mean that the country is now ahead of the schedule, according to Oyvind Soyberg Thorsen, the CEO of Norwegian Road Federation, OFV. The the market share of electric vehicles in Norway increased to 54% in 2020 from 42% the previous year, according to data published by OFV on Tuesday. When hybrid vehicles are included, the share of electric vehicles hit 83% last year, petrol and diesel cars, which had combined for a market share of 71% in 2015, are now just
0: 17%. Now, again, that's a snapshot. That's Norway. They've and, been one of the more aggressive countries when it comes to well, electrification. How can somebody drive
1: in Norway? I mean, what could you re- be your mileage driving every year in Norway? I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't know that much about Norway other than it's a really far way up to go see the Northern Lights.
1: Um, I think that, that Thor show that was on – um,
0: yeah. Ragnarok, do you yes. watch that? Yeah, that's a badass show. That is good.
1: That's the only thing I know about Norway. If that everything,
0: <laughs> everything we know about Norway, <laughs> we learn from watching Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, 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 But you know what? The Ragnarok
1: true. show, not the Marvel thing, but the uh, the one that's audio dubbed with American voices. It's really terrible.
0: Just a word to the wise, too. I don't want to dwell on this. Uh, don't buy that Norwegian brown cheese that oh. they sell.
1: But you don't know the name of it. I, it's,
0: I think it's just called like brown no, Norwegian, cheese, Norwegian brown, brown, brown Yeah, It's awful. It's not as good as Norwegian wood. I would actually eat a slice of Norwegian wood. Oh God, the Beatles reference. That not is, not yeah, cheese. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay had it on his show. He's like, oh, it's great. It's my make omelets with it. We got it over Christmas and I'm like, I'm going to be like Gordon Ramsay. And I almost puked. Don't buy it. It's terrible. Skip it. He's angry all the time. Awful. Prexy eats bad cheese. He has yeah. no idea what good cheese is. <laughs> no. well,
1: little camembert might have gone good a long cheese. way if with it. only him. I had cheese
0: with some cranberries in it. Do you know where I could find some? Yeah, I got some in my fridge I didn't get for Christmas. Anyway, what, another story. All right, all right. Speaking of fruit, <laughs> the reason that <laughs> Apple did not buy Tesla is, well, here, here, here it is.
1: Yeah, anyway, so I don't know if you subscribe to this, uh, The Hustle. Is, is probably a hustle in itself. The hustle is like an email that comes out every couple of days. It's got some great stories in it, uh, but the story that came out this week was the reason Apple did not buy Tesla. And so I'm basically going to read some of this email from the from the hustle. I hate to read right from the source like this. Um, it's a deal that would have broken the internet. Apple acquiring Tesla, according to Elon Musk, the, the Tesla CEO, reached out to Apple CEO Tim Cook. Cook, jeez reading phonetically here, in 2017 and 2018 to discuss a possible deal. But as they say in the M&A language, Cook ghosted. Ooh, burn. Yeah, the revelation came today when Reuters recently reported that Apple was aiming to have its car production online by 2024. Tesla was worth $60 billion when when Musk reached out. That's one-tenth its current market value. Wow. A- Apple did have the cash on hand at the time, $120 billion, to make the deal. And those eye-watering numbers. However, such an acquisition simply doesn't fit Apple's M&A playbook. According to Apple analyst Neil Seibart, there are three business components that Apple doesn't look for in an acquisition. One, the brand. Apple already is the world's leading brand. Two revenue it grows revenue through internal efforts, not acquisition. And three user base. Apple already has one billion plus users that will probably buy anything it sells. That's true. Neither Tesla's sterling brand nor its loyal fan base would have anything much to use for Apple. Uh, so it, it's a great, great uh, thought process to think that you know what was the name of the uh, the, the car the, the car program at Apple? Can you remember off the top of your head? No. Uh, they got a code name for it. Well, oh, Project Titan. Sorry, it's right here. Titan? Yeah. Apple. Uh, uh, Project I heard Titan. Not much
0: about it, to be honest. No.
1: Actually. And so the, so the Apple stock jumped here last week. Right after Christmas, it jumped because they said that they were working on autonomous cars and in a car program. Mm. And so the stock went up probably like 15 or 20% based on the news. It's kind of sunk since then with the market and tech and everything right now. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, while A- Apple didn't break the internet with the Tesla acquisition, we all know it's going to get crazy when the iCar hits in the next couple of years. Can you imagine? No. Going into Best Buy and buying an iCar. No, but it's
0: going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. How else are they going to justify the leases of all the Apple stores that are barely hanging on right yeah. now? No, I, I really do. I'm. I'm if you want to use Apple stuff, more power to you. I got I'm one just, right here. I'm just going to. You don't say, have an iPhone. No, I don't, okay. and, I, and I never will, Eric. <laughs> I never, never will. In fact, um, the last Apple product that I did own uh, was my Macintosh LC3 in you know college. I just I'm over it. I, I got over it real quick. My dad was a teacher. I, I was born and raised on Apple products. I'm I'm sure they're fantastic. Uh, at some point, they turned into a cult, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> um, so. You're, you're rare, though, because you're recording this on, on a PC. Yeah, well, you no. You have an iPhone.
1: All my software I've ever used for uh, any video and audio stuff has always been PC-based because it's cheaper. Right. Yeah, I mean, the fact – now they would tell you that the Apple stuff comes preloaded with iMovie and all that stuff. But there's no – everything's the same. If everybody's using the same equipment and has the same software, I mean, right. where's the distinction? So I, I will say this. I use iPhones because they just work. They just work. The the syncing amongst the family calendar works. That's nice. My photo mm-hmm. sharing in iCloud works. Mm-hmm. You know Google Photos is great, but it doesn't always work just as well. So, and Google calendars, that's a friggin nightmare. That thing does not work like. Have, Apple. You,
0: were, have you worked with much Microsoft products? Because I could tell you, Microsoft stuff sucks. Microsoft too. is. That's the bottom of the barrel for <laughs> yeah. me. So any, anything I can use Google-wise, Google Drive, all the yeah. Google Doc stuff, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And to, to have to, uh, to rely on Microsoft stuff in certain settings. No, I don't, I don't
1: even know how Word has stayed in business. I don't know. Go, Google has had to have cleaned its clock anyway.
0: You would think. But anyways, as far as Apple goes, no, it's all about – I would have been, loved to have been a fly on that wall – in that conversation,
1: though. Be, maybe it'd be like Ford versus Ferrari someday. Maybe there'll be a movie where Elon meets up with Tim Cook <laughs> and they have like a conversation. And just like Ford versus Ferrari, where mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's his name? Carol Shelby. No, the Ferrari, what's Ferrari? Uh, Enzo uh, Ferrari, Enzo, where Enzo like basically pisses all over the whole thing. Tim Cook pisses all over it, and Elon's like, fine, screw you, I'm going to Mars, and just like yeah. flies to Mars in, in the movie,
0: right. And then, yeah, but then, in the meantime,
1: Tim Cook got to the moon or something. I was going <laughs> to say,
0: there'll be an Apple, an automated electric Apple rocket ship or yeah, something. Yeah. I don't know. Do you see that? The, the Apple brand certainly has a huge following. And if they're poaching some talent, I know they they pulled some folks from Tesla. I thought there was some lawsuits. Oh, stuff yeah. And, that, and so
1: that was the other thing, too. Yeah, they actually scalped uh, one of the head guys from Tesla who's now heading up the automotive program at, at Project Titan. That is not in the article, but uh, – Yeah, that's. I mean, so that's how you know something legit's going on. Yeah. But how many people don't have a passion for automobiles, just want transportation? A lot of them. And this gets into the next article, Daryl. This is a great segue, as they call in the biz.
0: Segue. Yeah,
1: going into national news. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. The first autonomous permit, Daryl, has been awarded in California. This is according to Adaptive Automotive, another great uh, news source for EVs and stuff like that, AdaptiveAutomotive.com. As of December 31st, California's Department of Motor Vehicles issued its first state autonomous vehicle deployment permit, according to Neuro. I'm sorry, Palo Alto Online. The company is Neuro. Neuro, N U R O. It's cute. Yeah. It's, not like, it's not Turo. Yeah. It's Neuro. Yeah. We've talked about Turo in the past. If you don't know what Turo is, you have to go back. And we don't even remember what they're about anymore at this point. It was a car rental thing. That's it was, right. It was a you could thing. rent a car if you were doing ride sharing.
0: So okay. you could do a Turo, Turo so stay now, at
1: a Verbo, and get your Neuro. That's right. The Yeah, the Verbo. <laughs> but now you can get the Neuro because the Neuro received a permit in order to operate autonomous vehicles to make grocery deliveries to the public. Now that Neuro has acquired the permit, it can begin its pro- to profit off its deliveries. And if you've looked at the picture of a Neuro vehicle, this is the little, like, microbus that has no cab on the front. It literally has two side doors, one on each side, yeah. where it can pull right up to your front of your house, and you open the gate, and you can take whatever items you ordered from the store. It's
0: like a mail cart. It's crazy. Yeah. I um, think we're going to see a lot more of this type of stuff. Yeah. Especially post-pandemic where everybody's like, I don't want to touch people or leave yeah. my house or do anything. We're going to see more and more of this type of thing enter our lives. And uh, whether that's good, bad, I'm not quite sure. Currently, but Yeah. I think it's scary having little machines run around with, you know, my tainted cheese in its <laughs> in its belly.
1: Well, this might be the only way I can get my hands on some like decent uh, Norwegian cheese because I I, I definitely can't go to Kroger and. I mean, this saves me the grief. Yeah, I'm not driving to three different stores now. I can just click and the and the neuro can just show up with the bad cheese. Right. Yeah. Now, what if you're a person? who's allergic to bad cheeses, and your bad cheese was next to my package on the Neuro. Okay. Oh, and order. it was it was 110 degrees that day, yeah. and it was traffic, and it got backed up in construction, and now the whole Neuro stinks like nasty Norwegian cheese. Do I have a case? I think you Gabe do. Gabe Casey? Gabe Casey, what can I think you do? think you
0: do. If you get sick on some tainted <laughs> Neuro cheese, give Gabe Casey a call, CLOMorton.com. <laughs> anyway, that's Other enough news. of that nonsense. Speaking of Fords, not yeah. Ferraris. The 2021 Ford Bronco, the off-road focused SUV, is, its arrival has been a little bit delayed. Now there's been a lot of buzz on social media about People that. People are like laying down deposits all day long for this thing. Yep. I've even seen local dealers like, put your money down, deposit, order yours today. Well, it ain't coming for a while, yeah. a few months at least, because of coronavirus-related supplier delays, according to Ford. That's what they told Car and Driver anyways this week. It was originally scheduled for a spring 2021 launch, but now the two- and four-door models won't arrive until the end of summer. And the Sasquatch version. That's right. Jack
1: Jack Snacks version?
0: Yeah. I (laughs) I got my new Bronco Sasquatch edition. Anyways, that one has a manual. Sorry, Jack Stick version. Jack Links? Yeah, Jack Links. No, (laughs) I want beef jerky. And tainted (laughs) cheese. Uh, The Sasquatch version with a manual trans, that's going to be even later. So uh, several, several months out. I mean, we're talking late 2021. Ford didn't say what suppliers are experiencing um, COVID-19 related issues, but... Just kind of a blanket statement there. Orders originally were set to open on December seventh, but now they're delayed until mid January.
1: I think this is this one's going to be a great one to watch because there was so much hype on this car when it came out. It was like oh, I'm God. trading my Tacoma for this, I'm trading my FJ for this. But there has yet to be one of these
0: on the ground, so
1: we'll be we'll see
0: what happens. The only ones that have appeared are the uh, is it called the Bronco Sport, which really looks like an like a, like an older Explorer. Oh yeah,
1: the, yeah, the Bronco Sport. The, I don't even know what that yeah, is. that that was the one that we can call it a Bronco and get it out right now. Maybe people will buy
0: it. That's yeah, an escape. Huge yeah. mistake. But anyways, the, the real Broncos, you're going to be waiting probably summer. And the first couple you see, someone will pay way over a list for them, and they're going to think they're the coolest dude on the block. Anyways. They're cool. I mean, I, I, we'll, me?
1: we'll see. We'll yeah. see. All right. Uh, for, well, in related and four-wheel drive news, according to Car and Driver, Jeep is reportedly planning to expand further into the world of aftermarket customs by opening a dedicated facility near where it builds the Wrangler and Gladiator in Toledo, Ohio. According to Toledo Blade, Jeep will build a customization facility on a complex of properties formerly owned by Textileather and Medcorp. I don't know who they are. But the most recent of which shut down 2013, Fiat Chrysler is paying $1 for the site and plans to build the new 250,000 square foot facility on it. Daryl, we have talked a lot. Uh, about SEMA and aftermarket and things mm. like that over the over the years but yeah. the aftermarket is huge and if manufacturers can find any way to scrub an extra dollar off a car you know we do, we do port installed uh, accessories where i work at, at toyota and basically that means they build a forerunner in japan and that forerunner shows up on the boat in in seattle or portland wherever it comes in it's stripped it's got nothing it's got steel wheels it's got maybe just cloth interior it's a base stripped down truck so then at port they add the leather, they add the heated seats, they add the alloy wheels, they add the lift. They do all this stuff. Um, they know that they have to do that stuff in order to make you know the car more profitable because somebody's going to take it and do the same sure, thing. So sure. now Jeep, it, it's funny you couldn't do this in the factory, but they must be doing some serious customization at this point. They must be doing bigger wheels, lifts, winches, bumpers, and all that stuff, right?
0: I think so. And I, I, we've talked uh, previous episodes about people, uh, the Wrangler crowd, or now the Gladiator crowd too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them don't stay stock for long. They'll get them home. They'll drive them for a while, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know what? What's everyone else doing with these things? Yeah. Oh, Lift Kit doing this, doing rims. They're doing uh, different suspension. Uh, they're putting. The <laughs> we talked in the pre-show. They're getting the, the the goofy like cartoony grill thing they put on with oh the yeah evil, make, eyes. evil eyes.
1: Yeah, make it look a little mean. What's up yeah, with that? Yeah.
0: Maybe maybe someone can sh- shed some light on that. Christine, man. I guess I maximum guess. overdrive. The one thing I would point out, though, I think there is some profit potential in that, but um, historically, hasn't it been dealers or aftermarket upfitters? I mean, it's almost like the the, the manufacturer here is like, "Oh, we're going to take, we're going to try to get in on some of this." Where does that leave the dealers? Who I know, Uftring and others, they they have you know some side businesses where sure. they said, "We'll put in a rough country lift, and our guys will do it here." And it's the same people that service the cars and trucks, anyways. Uh, how does the, does that kind of undercut dealers at all? You think, or
1: well, I I okay, I could see that potential. You know, most of the reason we do upfitting mm-hmm. at our store is is basically for customer loyalty. You're not making a whole bunch of money on a lot of stuff, but you, what you don't want to do is you don't have a customer actually leave you and go to some other cut cut shop and right. start working on their own cars. So right. um, if a customer can select everything they want and have it built, there's there is the potential right there in the purchase of making more money. And and let's face it, any more. When anybody gets online with their phone or their app, and they look mm-hmm. and they want to build, you know, if it's all right there on the build sheet, right there when they're ordering the car, that's what these customers nowadays are going to do.
0: And they can finance the whole kit and caboodle rather than I just picked up a forty thousand dollars truck. Yeah. Oh, and now I got to find twelve grand worth of suspension yeah. work. And oh, by this. the
1: way, Fiat Chrysler Financial will finance all that extra. You know, Kabuki, you want to put on that thing. Right.
0: No, I get you. I get you. Just a side note about the Jeep. I know I'll keep this brief. I did get uh, a year's subscription to Motor Trend from a good friend of ours. Truly appreciate that, by the way. Um, And I was reading the the, the latest issue. They had the Truck of the Year shootout. Yeah. That's Uh, always a big – I mean, the Truck of the Year is always a big deal, right? Huge, huge. The Ram was the winner again, I think, the second year in a row. Um, Mostly, I think, because they love the, like, 17-inch touchscreen – You know, infotainment center. Well, and
1: I mean, does that include the Power Wagon? Is that part of the deal in that too?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's I think a a model you can you can get. But it's it's a nice nice sculpted truck. Uh, You know, they've done uh, Fiat Chrysler's done a good job with that. Fit and finish has gone up way way up in the last few years. Couldn't go down. (laughs) But I will say, one of the contenders in there was the Jeep Gladiator, and they talked about one of the things. Of course, they rate the the towing the towing capacity. They had a 5,200. Uh, 5,200-pound Airstream trailer, like one of those little Bambies or something, like yeah. a newer yeah, okay. And they hooked it up and they towed all the stuff. Well, I found out that the Gladi- Gladiator's tow rating was like 4,500 pounds or something. So it was overweight. But... About 500 pounds. They said that uh, that was the most dangerous vehicle that they had ever towed with in their 12 years of doing this, whatever. And they, they passed it to all the other testers in the group. And they're like, this thing handled, like, it needed either a weight distributing hitch or something. Like, this 5,000 pound trailer and this Jeep, like, several panic stops. This thing was going to, like, go crazy. They actually complained this year to Fiat Chrysler. They called and said, like, hey, this truck's dangerous to tow with. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no comment.
1: Yeah. Period. It's a truck. It's a Jeep. It's a truck. I
0: mean, sometimes it's just enough to say you're a Jeep and you can do whatever you want, right? I guess. But part of me was like, okay, so maybe it doesn't tow that great. But at the same time, like, it's towing overweight. It's, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? It's it, I would not buy a Gladiator to tow something huge and heavy with. You buy a Gladiator because you want a Jeep and you also still want to be able to like, go buy a freezer or, you know, take some furniture home here and there.
1: I, you know, the psyche that makes somebody buy a Wrangler Jeep. I mean, it, it's. I, I think that it comes down to they were going to buy a Colorado. they going to maybe buy a Ford Ranger. Maybe they're going to buy a Tacoma. Yeah. But they really, really wanted a Jeep, and the and 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 the. The versatility of having a bed with a jeep makes all the sense to some people. Super cool, yeah, super cool. And, and I, I
0: like it on paper. Yeah, went saw it at the auto show the year they came out. I think you and Regan <laughs> and I were there, and it was like well, this is cool, but like we waited all this time for this. Like, yeah, yeah. The back seat. I mean, climbing
1: into the back seat seemed to me like you just you'd have a head injury, and then your knees, if you were in tight. an accent, would like go right into your your chin. So I don't know. I mean, but that's but that's Wrangler. I mean, the Wrangler thing, man. You're buying the open canopy. This is what I and this is where the the Bronco hopefully will pick up tons and tons of sales. Yes, open canopy. Yep. Nobody's selling open canopies. And 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 for that matter, where are the convertibles at? People want cars that have personality to them. And at, at this day and age, we're all stuck at home and we're doing COVID stuff, and yeah. we can't we can't live a life. I mean, just a little bit of fun with your car
0: yeah what's that worth to you nowadays? Well, it was one of the reasons I bought a convertible last year wasn 't necessarily looking for one, but when one came came available. We looked at that and we said, absolutely, we're not going anywhere. We're not going on any beach vacations or something like that. So
1: let's make driving to
0: Sam's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the nursery, pick out some trees, and put the top down and pretend we're doing something fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, and that's, that's where the Jeep and the Bronco, like you said, I think maybe they got the, the edge on there. We'll Just, see.
1: We'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to be delayed, but I think the uh, the Bronco definitely is going to be heads up. They're going to be way ahead of any other manufacturer, whether that's Chevy or Toyota or Nissan, right. whoever. So. All right, so there was a, a short article here. I'm just going to make mention of it, uh, but it was in the Detroit Bureau. Many do, new car dealers love the brands they sell, but few, if any, continue to sell the brand once it's failed. And that wasn't true for Jack Carl Miller, who died on Monday, December 28th, 2020, in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Miller was 82, and he was known for running a business his father had started, Miller Motor Sales, long after the brand sold Hudson and had faded from the scene. Later on, he went on to establish the Orphan Car Show with Randy Mason. Uh, so I put this article in there because I thought Orphan Car Show... Ancient cars. Sure. Oh, Daryl will be all over sure. this, and Daryl didn't know anything about it. So. No,
0: no, I'd, I'd seen his bit passed around and such stuff like that, but uh, not not really familiar. And orphan cars. It's it's funny that term has has expanded to to mean so many things now. When I when we were younger, an orphan car was like Studebaker, Hudson, Nash, Hupmobile, yeah. all the stuff we kind of remember hearing our grandparents talk about. Oh, sure. I had a Studebaker; it was great. You're like, I don't know what that is. They don't make them. <laughs> Uh, but now it means things like Pontiac, Plymouth, Mercury. Um, Saturn. Saturn. <laughs> um, there's, there's been some bigger ones too I can't think of. Saab. The, it, it, it means such a much bigger okay. portion of, uh, of cars that no longer are there. And I really think that in the next 10 years – and we talked about the Peugeot uh, merger with four other companies, the Nissan-Renault uh, deal – the Fiat Chrysler deal. I think we're going to see more of that. We're really going to, I think we're 10 years away from seeing maybe 10 automakers worldwide. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think,
1: no, I think, I think you're on to something there. So. And Apple will be one of them and everyone yeah. will have them. <laughs> right. Apple, because they'll be down to nine and Apple will put their stake in there. That's right? right. So what you're saying is you don't think Nikola will be there?
0: Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. They'll get, they'll get bought out by somebody. Exactly. Maybe Saab. No. Just
1: kidding. <laughs> All right. So, Daryl, I don't know if you're aware of this not In local news, there is a magazine out there called Transport Topics News Magazine. You subscribe to that? No, I don't. No? But somehow...
0: Got, Did you get, get I, you a subscription? I
1: got the hot news this one. about the Illinois Department of Transportation uh, has projects that aim to bolster the Peoria area. Hmm. Uh, they have, uh, as, as uh, announced earlier this year, they're going to spend $280.1 million in investment. And... Um, According to some people here, Acting Transportation Secretary, Omer Osman, across the nation, highway construction and maintenance continue to be essential infrastructure activities. Illinois is no different. These projects represent significant investment in the Peoria area and will prove the safety, mobility, and create economic opportunity for years to come. And Angela Chatterton, an instructor of accountancy at the Geese College School of Business of the University of Illinois in Urbana, said the construction will benefit the Peoria area once it's finished. I think it'll direct traffic down to that area, said Chatterton. Hopefully, corona will settle down and it'll drive traffic into the part of our downtown revitalized area. I think we'll see more of an economic upturn. This is also made possible by a uh, Rebuild Illinois fund of $45 billion for infrastructure improvement. Wow. Yeah. uh. Industry and associated freight movement, Peoria is largely tied to manufacturing, uh, Caterpillar, Komatsu, and the two largest manufacturers in the city producing bulldozers and large mining trucks. The bread and butter of this region has always been heavy machinery, said he said. Uh, between the two of them, they are the lion's share of what freight is doing and in transport inbound and outbound from the area. So $281 million. That is a lot of cash. I, I guess my biggest thing when I see that, I see all these road construction companies get this money. Yeah, yeah. And they spend months and months. And I see guys working Sundays. I see them working Saturday nights, Got the lights on, stuff like that. And all I can think of is they're getting overtime. These guys are getting so much overtime. And then what's going to happen in November and December? They're all laying on the couch like my buddy's dads were when they were kids.
0: Yeah, it's very seasonal. Very <laughs> seasonal here. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's it's the same as uh, carpenters and things like that. You know, yeah. guys would go to Florida and work down there for a while, or just not work in the winter. And I don't know. I I, I don't know that life. Um, I do know one thing. After living here, <laughs> I've lived here since 2006, and I've spent more money on suspension repairs. I've broken rims. I've had. I've had. You broke a rim. I broke a rim when I had my Mustang. I actually had a stress crack on it. Wow. It's. I think I know it's exactly. It's an accomplishment. Well. Was the, the roads, the, the roads here in this part of the state, Chicago area where I grew up, they're terrible as well because you get the freeze thaw, you get all that yeah. stuff. But it seemed like they were a little bit more on top of it. Uh, down here, it just something about maybe it's the the clay soil, maybe it's the I don't know what it is. But i I've, I've the roads here are absolutely the worst I've ever lived. You're saying the in Romans
1: might have done a better job engineering their roads.
0: Well, yeah, and it was yeah. even more evident when. Uh, I think we've talked previously, too, about this. You know, we go down to Kentucky. You go to Indiana. You go to any neighboring state and you drive the highway. It's like, oh, this, is, this ain't bad. You cross back. Welcome to Illinois. You know, it's awful. So I'm a fan. I don't know. Uh, I'm a fan of throwing endless amounts of money at road construction, repairs, infrastructure improvements. I think it's it's high time we do that. Uh, I just would like to see it done a little more consistently instead of, like, we're going to work on this three-mile stretch here but not here. Or we're going to paint one side of the bridge this year, skip a year, then we're going to paint the other side of the bridge. Just do it all. Just do it all. Spend all the money right now. That's all the money. Saying. All yeah. the money. I mean, at this point, and we're
1: going to start throwing out $600 checks and $2,000 checks. That's right. The nice thing is if you have money in the markets – the dollar would be so depreciated, you'll see the inflation. You'll be like, man, I'm making all kinds of money in the market. I mean, I mean, a dollar's worth 25 cents than it was, you know, 10 years ago. But
0: whatever. I don't know. Uh, I I I don't know where money comes from. I just I assume it gets printed somewhere. Yeah. Or comes on a that's tree all you in the that's, 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 that's all you need to I know. I figure I'm in the boat with a lot of other Americans in the, <laughs> in the sense that I don't really know where money comes from. It's just like, well, sure. Let, that sounds like a good idea. Yay. Nice new roads. Yeah. I do want to say this. One of the biggest stretches of road construction projects the last year here locally was the seventy four bridge, uh, the, yes. the Murray Baker, yes. yes, which needed some repairs. Uh, I think it was last done like ten or fifteen years, whatever it was. Um, one of the things they did with that locally is they the lights burned out on the bridge. They had lights originally on the side of the bridge.
1: I'm interested to see where you go on this. I want, to yes. hear, I want to hear your take. I'd like to almost like put mine in an envelope. A Carson show,
0: I'll put down what like I Karnak, think. Yeah, yeah I Karnak, yeah. Yeah, I want to hear what you say, yeah. and then I'm going to compare it to what I think. But okay, go for it, Daryl. Well, this, much like any other major bridge on an interstate coming into a, a river city or a city with a lake or whatever, yeah, it had these nice blue lights when they you know lit up at night. So when you came in on 74, you came in, you look at the skyline, the bridge is all lit up. It was just – it was impressive. It was one of those like, wow, all right, that's yeah. a real city. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially for folks who come here from Chicago or like, oh, Peoria, that's nothing. That's a, that's a little podunk town. And then they come <laughs> down here like, you have a skyline with skyscrapers and a river and a, and a bridge with lights. Like, yeah, yeah we do. Uh, those lights burned out at some point, like 2010 or 2011, something like that. And the bridge was dark. Dark days fell upon us. It wasn't really dark. Actually, the payment stuff was lit up, but it didn't have that yeah, wow factor. It d- yeah, it didn't have the wow. So one of the things that the contractors here did was they actually installed all new LED lights. I think
1: could, at the cool cost of like eight million dollars. Yeah, like like so, yeah, it was like four. Yeah, it was a
0: lot. And the, and everybody got called on the carpet, and they're like, "Why are we spending this money during a pandemic?" Blah 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 blah. And uh, th- these lights are now color-changing. You can put, like, you know, the red and green ones there for Christmas or, you know, pink for breast cancer awareness or whatever. I don't know. Um, but they they said some of that money was, what, private donations? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that maybe that was the case. But there was a lot of money spent on illumination and, as we call, breads and circuses and not necessarily, you know, another $4 million in blacktop or cement. Sure. And I think that's where people get upset. Do I like those new LED lights? Does it have this nice big impact when you come in downtown? Sure. Do I need it to drive in and to and from Peoria? Not at all. And especially right now, would I like to have maybe seen people be a little more fiscally responsible or do something in a different way? Yeah, I would. Because I would much rather see, again, another 10 miles of road versus, ooh, pretty lights. Yeah. But at the end of the day... That's still something that that has an impact. And people, when they come and visit the area, we're talking about tourism. Yeah. One of the big things yeah. here is we want to fix the road so that it becomes this nice gateway to to, yeah. to the area for visitors. Tourism is a big thing.
1: It's a huge thing.
0: I think we need to pay a lot more attention to that. And some of those things we need to pay attention to might not necessarily be the highest and best use of that money, which would be pavement or, you know, pavement contractors, stuff like yeah. that, not lights. But there is some sort of benefit to that. That's all i got to say.
1: Oh, no, that's great. Uh, I have a friend who lives in a loft downtown. And downtown Peoria is dying. And my biggest problem with that bridge is if you're sitting there in one of those loft apartments or trying to sit in a restaurant downtown, which – how many restaurants actually sit along
0: the I'm river different. nowadays? Yeah, none.
1: None. Yeah, they, yeah. Tore, that, they tore them all down. <laughs> yeah, and so the East Peoria side, we've got a Walmart looking at it from yeah. over there. Yeah. And the, uh, the steakhouse – that place is bonkers busy all the time, but there's no outdoor seating there. So the only thing I see from that bridge, I, I do see a br- beautiful bridge if I'm driving over it. And maybe if I dry, if I turn right to go down into downtown, I can kind of get a look at it from the side. But all I really see is light pollution. And that's my biggest right. issue with this whole thing because it was kind of foggy the day when I first drove by, past it. And the the it was almost like the bat signal had been put out. The lights yeah. were shooting straight up in the air. And I'm like... Yeah. Uh, I hate to be that way. I hate to be a total no, no, no. nerd for light pollution and stuff like that, but it did actually bother me. Like, why couldn't they aim them downwards? Why does it have to be st- shooting straight up in the air? Yeah.
0: Uh, so any- When you're on the other bridge, the 150 bridge, you cross over, yeah. you see the skyline, and then you see this, like you said, it's like the bat signal yeah. because you see all that light pollution above <laughs> the city from the, the lights of the bridge. I noticed that, too, the other night, yeah. and that's the first time it kind of hit me like, Oh, well, that wasn't there before. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, I, and I, as somebody, I live outside of town in Morton. So, I, when there's low clouds, the light pollution, my, my whole sky's orange. Now, you may deal with that every night you go to bed. You look out yeah. into an orange sky outside. But to me, I want blackness. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. So, um, anyway, that's your city, Peoria. You do what you want with it.
0: <laughs> I guess. I guess. It's that's the one that, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, where I grew up, I grew up in the suburbs, it it, it seems like a natural fit for I, me. But
1: getting back to the tourism thing, I mean, there was uh, actually an article, Morton right now is trying to get some bike paths put in. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think about the lights going on in Peoria there, and I think about just trying to get a little bit of consumer you know, spending in local areas, stuff like that, you if it dresses Peoria up and, and if you put lipstick on the pig and it makes people want to spend money in that area that's fine and the same thing with the bike path in Morton you know if if we get people to want to stay in town and like ride their bikes amongst yeah, businesses yeah. i mean this is why we do this we have to invest locally so it may seem trivial it, it, it may seem like a lot of money but if it lasts for the next 10 years they do things and it's kind of like a pride thing i mean when when you look at the new york skyline and I, I'm sure Chicago is the same thing. This is sad that I know New York better. But, I mean, the Empire State Building on on holidays will change its colors. The yeah. Chrysler Building will change its colors. You know, you know. And, all these, and I'm sure the same thing in Chicago. Yeah. So so what if Peoria has the bridge that changes its color, like you were saying? So maybe people will start becoming, like, enamored by that, the Peoria Bridge.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll write songs about it.
1: I don't know. Anyway, you know what I know, Daryl? What? It's time... For your Moment of Musk! Happy 2021, everybody. It's uh, your first (laughs) Moment of of Musk for 2021. And you know what? This is a 200-mile-per-hour Moment of Musk, yes. Elon Musk has announced that Plaid Mode may arrive sooner than expected, but he teased it. Uh, This is according to Mike Brown. I'm not sure which news source this is. Tesla is about to go a step beyond ludicrous. The new Model S Plaid As the company's Battery Day presentation on September 22nd. Elon Musk announced that they were taking pre-orders for the Tesla Model S. This can't be from September 22nd. Is this old news? Daryl, we haven't talked about it. I can't. I'm ashamed. Well, this is from October fifth. Maybe we were preoccupied. Boy, I feel really bad that we haven't done enough. So anyway, sorry, sorry. <laughs> This car comes with an incredible price tag of one thirty nine nine at the base event. We are confident the Model S Plaid will achieve the best track time of any production vehicle ever of any kind, two door or otherwise. Must set at the event, Tesla is set to set the bar high. And here's what you need to know. Well, first off, Daryl, do you know why they called it Plaid?
0: It's a spaceballs reference. It is.
1: It is a Spaceballs. He's a big fan of spaceballs. Oh, the eighties oh, sci-fi comedy crops into what must cross must companies. The boring company flamethrower is inspired by the movie's merchandising scenes. Tesla's ludicrous mode takes its name from the spaceship speed, also featured in the film. Tesla claims the plaid Model S will be the quickest zero to sixty quarter time acceleration of any production car ever. It will have a zero sixty mile per hour in less than two seconds. And a quarter mile in under nine seconds. And that is your moment, moment of musk. Delayed from October. Whoa, that I feel really bad. That's old news. Don't worry about
0: it. It's fine, it's fine. I'm focused more on the under two seconds, zero to sixty. Can you imagine that? For real. <sighs> uh, no. I mean, what's um, the fastest car you've ever been in?
1: Um it might have been the uh the Mark IV Supra. Okay. Uh, I had one of those up to 150 pretty darn quick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what, four or five? So, I mean, something like that,
1: probably. Yeah. Zero to 60. Yeah. I remember, the, like, with Porsche. But, and, and, and even that, the the Toyota's not ridiculous speed because it starts off slow. It's a twin turbo. So, yeah, so it the, builds. The, the first second or so it's just like, mm, and then all of a sudden, by, yeah. by six seconds, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's throwing you back.
0: And I think, like, the. The Porsche 911 Turbo is, or, or what's the, the Carrera GT? I think that's like three something, 3.3 yeah. or something to see. I never got caught up in zero to 60. Yeah. I was always about quarter mile. Who cares about zero to 60, whatever. But sitting at a stoplight doing nothing and then 60 miles an hour less than two seconds, yeah. that's pretty impressive. Well, I don't
1: think you and I ever drove that that EV RAV4. Like I talked about doing like our Do you first You still have that the white one? You know, we have another one. We've gotten like two or three since then. I need to but check that, it that's out. one of those deals where you step on it and electric motors are just so instantaneous and it puts a smile on your face. You're like, it's "Fun, huh?" Yeah. You're like, "Oh, man, this is what I dreamed about when I was a kid." Yeah. And but it doesn't have the, the obnoxious noise. You know, it doesn't have anything you expect from a gas motor. It just it just zips it just goes. Yeah, it's like being in a slot
0: car. <laughs> Let's fire the sucker up, right? Or a hundred thirty-nine thousand dollars Power Wheels.
1: Yeah, right. Anyway, Daryl, I can't believe this, but this is going to be one of the first weeks in several. No grinding of the gears, nothing, huh? No. Yeah, I think you no. have to listen to the pre-show for any grinding of the gears
0: this time. <sighs> Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much though. I mean, yeah. you, you and I are both pretty good spirits. Yeah, I got peed on. Oh, that's a different story. That's a, like, yeah, that's a yeah, whole yeah. <laughs> that's a whole thing.
1: <laughs> All Free right, show Patreon. How about the the next segment and the final segment of the show? Cars of the Week. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Yeah. This is one you've been pining after uh, in recent weeks. So
1: I think, did you and I kind of bounce back on this one back in December? Did I, like, send you a link to one we were, of these? Yeah,
0: I think we were just BSing yeah. one day, and you're like, oh, it took a century. I think yeah. I'm going to
1: buy one. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but here was the deal. When we were planning for this show, uh, you know, here, here's what we do. I, I, let's take a step back. Yeah. Cars of the Week, Daryl. Yes. You and I constantly comb... The feeds we we look at all the websites where we could possibly buy a car all time, and and we look at everything, man. We go we go to the exotic sites, we go to uh, Auto Trader, we go to Car Gurus, and and sometimes go to Craigslist. Yeah, the OG Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. Now
0: I mark things spam like eight times a night. Oh, I do. Since since we (laughs) talked, I've been doing that every single like. Oh, I've seen this Land Cruiser for sale for fifteen hundred bucks. Spam, spam, spam. spam spam spam, Report. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so. What we do is we mentally buy a car. Daryl and I will buy a car. I, I think maybe nightly we'll buy a car yeah. in our head. And what I'll do is I'll buy that car, and I'll think <laughs> of all the things they do to that car, and I'll put it in my mental garage. And then once I have it, in, uh, the idea of the investment potential of this car, I'll turn to my wife on the couch. I'll say, hey, honey, there's a 1993 Cressida for sale in Peoria for $7,800. And she'll look at me like, we don't need another car. And at that point, it was Car of the Week. Because I bought it, I owned it, I knew everything that car needed. It was yours. But guess what? I didn't buy it. Anyway, this this week's selection was a 1991 Toyota Century. It's down in Virginia, Daryl. There's an importer that handles these cars. It's $18,900. Now, you may not be aware of this or not, but the Toyota Century, Daryl, is the Rolls-Royce of the Toyota fleet. Mm. Yeah. This car here is 103,000 miles on it. It's uh, from Japan, obviously. These cars were only built for Japan, and it includes extended passenger compartment, has a bit of luxury, hydraulic suspension, smooth ride, electronic seats, blah, 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 blah. The Century was built in, well, 1967 was the first one. That car was built on the 100th anniversary of the founder of Toyota from 1867. And this car was literally built to be the luxury state mobile of Japan. And if you look at it, what what would be the Rolls-Royce equivalent of this car? Do you remember? Um a Silver Spur.
0: Like a silver shadow. You think so? Something like that. Yeah, well, it's, actually, it's a longer wheelbase though. These these things are
1: big cars. Yeah. So they come with a V well they start off with a V V eight back in the day. And it was uh, one of like one of only two or three V8s ever produced in Japan. Then it moved up to a V12. Actually, it says here it's comparable to an Austin Princess, a Daimler DS, uh Cadillac 70 Series, or Benz 600 Series. And there's there's like a whole market. There's a website called CarsFromJapan.com where you can search out these centuries and it does look like a rolls royce but it has kind of a little bit of a wonky front end. it reminds me of like a cressida
0: on steroids it it, it the, the front end is weird i love yeah. the lines on the car the front end looks like yeah like like somebody took grandpa's cressida and like stretched it a little bit yeah
1: and then the wheels on the side look like it it almost reminds me that the ufo hubcaps my velari had in the 70s yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah they're really neat um and i think that the uh the, the early ones had the V8, and then when did they go with the v, V12?
1: Ooh, that was on, like, the third generation, and okay. I don't have... The the redesigns were 1997 and 2018, so I think 1997 is when the V12 came out. Okay. Yeah, because they worked on the V8 before that. The car was never sold in the United States, and it's only a Japanese import, so a lot of times these Japanese imports you got to wait 25 years for them to come in, and so these, these mid-'90s models are definitely in the wheelhouse, so if you can buy... I mean 103,000 kilometers which is 60,000 US miles 18,900 for a car that is truly a luxury car. I mean how much would a Rolls-Royce cost of that of that ilk?
0: Of that of that same. Uh, I honestly I don't know. Uh probably in the 20s 30s right yeah. now. But yeah. it's funny to see because these things were probably either like heads of state, diplomats mm-hmm. Somebody, fam- somebody 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 <laughs>
1: famous rode in this car Yeah right? it
0: wasn't just yeah. like yeah. I I want a, a nice high end car like you <laughs> you had to be somebody to yeah. have these things and Be somebody uh, like the Nissan counterpart I think was the uh what the heck was that I think well, there was, the a Mits- the Mitsubi-
1: there was a Mitsubishi Debonair,
0: yes, and then Mazda actually had one for a while. The Road Pacer, and the yeah, Isuzu there you go.
1: Statesman, and the Mazda Road Pacer,
0: yeah. okay, and yeah. they were based on Holden cars. Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly, from General Motors. And the
0: Mazda one actually had like the same uh, rotary engine that was in the RX-7. They put it in that big ass thing. Mm-hmm. Really, really pretty car. If you if you ever board Google that Mazda Road Pacer, but you'll find the Century is nice because they didn't really change the design. No, not not. Much.
1: This is one of those cars that you could park in the garage. This reminds me of my grandparents' Fleetwood when I was a kid. You know, it was a mid seventies Fleetwood, had the footrests in the back yeah. and had all the lights, so it, like you sit back there and have your book light, you know, mm-hmm. in the side side bolster right by your shoulder and stuff like that. I'm just like, oh, I feel like I feel like a king riding in this mm, thing. You're somebody. Yeah, I don't know if I could be the driver of this car, though. Yeah, I
0: was going to ask. Would you
1: have to be driven around I, by and that's, somebody? And that's and what you start <laughs> to wonder. I mean, it would be certainly cool. And there's, there's a. I mean, I think I'd go to a car show, especially a Japanese car show, and drive oh, yeah. up in that thing, and people would be like, "Oh
0: my God, is that a Century?" Well, look at uh, in the last few cars and coffee here locally. There's a Toyota, is it the is that the one that's like the Lexus LS variant, like over in Japan? Oh
1: yeah, I think. Well, I think the guy modeled it. I don't think it was legit.
0: Yeah, it's right-hand drive, was it? Yeah, the one. Oh, then I didn't there's see There's like it, a brown. Okay. There's a couple that have started to show up. Uh, the, 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 the Japanese imports, yeah, and and they draw, they draw a crowd for 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 true car folks. Regular people they'll just kind of look at it. Oh, that's an older Nissan. That's an older Toyota. Whatever, it's cool. But when you st- you see the steering wheel on the other side of the road, or you see like the cool. Uh, different rims or different pieces of trim or it kind of all of a sudden puts it in your head like this thing that's something special and these cars even though they still look you know fresh and modern they're still older cars and they they do stand out Um, I don't know I think it'd be fun to ride around in in the backseat of one of these but at the same time I would love to see something like you cruising into a Cars and Coffee with these yeah. and just have everybody be like, what in the heck is that?
1: Well, and this is kind of like one of those showroom cars, too. It would be cool if they ever sold us in the States that we had one at the store, yeah. having the showroom floor. Sure. So people could see, you know, this this is what the potential is. You own a Toyota. This was like the creme de la creme. Now, the other thing about that is somebody who was around in the 90s selling Toyotas, I remember the Cressida's in 91. I remember the Camry's in 91. Even at its pinnacle – You could only hope that the fit and finish is so nice you can steer around looking at the radio and the other technology of the car because that stuff's got to be – no matter how high –
0: high it was in quality, it's
1: still very, very dated by today's standards, right?
0: Well, and when you look at the dash on these, uh, I know at some point they switched all digital. I think some of the late 80s, early 90s, uh, they're analog. But I'm looking at the dash, I'm like, oh, that kind of looks familiar. It looks looks like Toyota hardware. Uh, Like the mirror switches look very similar to the stuff that's in my Tundra. But at the same time, all the HVAC controls, all Japanese uh, oh. The stereo, all Japanese. <laughs> the, even the power window switches, the, the little lithograph stuff on the stickers on the door all Japanese. So you <laughs> I think you need a crash course in either Japanese or you just kind of have to start pushing buttons and know what's yeah, what. Yeah, or
1: just put like little little stickers and everything.
0: Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Get a label maker and go to yeah. town. I really would love to see something like this. What's what's the price tag? What's the one you're looking at? So this here? one's
1: 89, but the thing is, I mean, the, you can buy the just slightly older ones in this and I think even ones with higher miles for the 10 grand range. They are all over the place here in wow. the states at $10,000 from importers. Um
0: I just man, can you pull? You, could you ever pull the trigger on something like this?
1: I, I think of all the things I'm going to spend ten thousand dollars on, I would probably buy a GTS all-wheel drive or something like that. I'd buy a sports car. Probably board, more buy fun. A, yeah, I think. I mean, if I was building my Toyota museum of uh, of Tazewell County, right, this would definitely be in there for you know. If I could find a ten thousand dollar model, but
0: uh, I, I, you need to do a GoFundMe for that museum. By the way, <laughs> you'd have you'd have an audience. Yeah. That's cool though that's, a, that's I'll tell you what That's a heck of a find, and it definitely when, when you mentioned that, I think a couple of weeks ago, then I of course started googling stuff and I found yeah. a place in North Carolina, and I'm like, for ten grand eight grand i could I could probably pull this off yeah. and my wife' same thing She's not having any of it, but I'm like, oh honey, it'd be the only one around
1: <laughs> definitely definitely. I don't know if you get paid to show it. I mean, if you no. get paid to show it, I mean Chicago auto show will be like, hey give you $250 and two free admission tickets, you're like, oh,
0: okay, I'll right. do that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll get one, you get one, and then we can both have it at Cars and Coffee, and then we can both get laughed then out. Then
1: we can both sell. so <laughs> 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 Here's what we'll do. We'll merge all the parts that are good between the two and have one decent car when right. it's all said and done. There I'll buy go. the
0: parts car and limp it along. There and, you go. Yeah. All right,
1: Daryl, you got something that looks a little more in the wheelhouse of uh something you might actually buy, so I'm scared.
0: Yeah, no, this is uh it's already sold, so I okay. I, I missed out, but that's fine. Um this is another one the wife said no to. I I was looking <laughs> online. I'm I'm looking for a thirties car. Not that I'm gonna buy one right away, but at some point I you know, I've got a forties, fifties, sixties, seventies car. I need to bookend it. Then you get the 20s. Right. We'll just right. keep going back, and then yeah. eventually I'll start collecting horse-drawn carriages. <laughs> but uh, no, this was a 39 Plymouth two-door deluxe sedan, and it's a, a beautiful kind of a very faint robin's egg blue, kind of a steel blue gray color. And it's it's a very Art Deco-y looking car. It's just a plain two-door sedan, nothing fancy, nothing special. But this guy listed it in the Plymouth Owners Club on Facebook, and he basically he bought it and uh, – it hadn't touched it. He was going to fix up the motor. Motor is frozen or something, or turns freely. He says, turns freely but doesn't run.
1: That could mean a lot.
0: Could, yeah. He's like, I don't have time to work on this like I had expected. Come get it. 6500 bucks. It's in Cleveland, Ohio. It's got old yellow white walls. I mean, it looks like something has been restored probably in the 70s. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it stopped running. A guy parked it, Whatever. And uh, within, I think, five hours, the thing had sold. Really? So, like, sale pending, gone, done. But there were people from, like, Finland and Sweden and Australia, like, like, I have money, I will pay, like, I'm a serious buyer. And that's what happens to a lot of these things. A lot of these things sit here in the States in a garage for 20 years after someone's painstakingly restored it or somebody's grandpa had it and then they pass away. The grandkids don't want it. They sit on it for a while and they finally sell it for, for – I bet you 6500 bucks. I bet you that's what it costs to get the chrome and, you know, two doors painted on this car.
1: Never thought about that. I mean, I, I there was a guy who came in with a mid-70s Mercury or something like that, or Lincoln, mm-hmm. I think. I talked to you about it before. It was like a, a really weird blue color with blue leather interior. Oh, he was yeah. Try, he was trying to get like $4,500 out of it. I'm like, this car's not even a classic, but that's what they were kind of going for on, on, uh, on the trade mags. Yeah. I'm like, that seems crazy. But, yeah, $6,500 for this car. Dude, this car has timeless lines. I'm looking at those wheel covers on the back
0: wheels. Yeah, the little fender skirts. Like oh, them. my
1: God. This car is gorgeous and
0: $6,500. It looks like something out of a Dick Tracy cartoon yeah, or it something. It, You'd it be really... leaning out of it shooting a gun. <laughs> right. <laughs> fender. It's got the running boards on there. Where, you know, bad guys would be standing shooting with Tommy guns or yeah. something. I think it would be a super easy fix. I think somebody probably picked it up knowing that, and hopefully someone showed up with a U-Haul and towed it home because that's what I was thinking about doing. But I say that to say this there's a lot of cool stuff out there especially right now where the future is uncertain and there's a lot of people that are saying you know i'm 75 80 years old i've had my fun i don't know what's next for this thing but i'm i'm ready to move on and the pre-war cars are a bargain right now if someone wants a model a model t an old roadster or something from the 30s it isn't like a you know a Duesenberg, some million dollar oh, yeah, yeah, car yeah yeah you get a real decent pedestrian car for you know under ten grand and get into the hobby, even just something to go get ice cream with with the with the family. I think it is a perfect time to get into the classic car hobby. I'm going to continue to to bang that drum for the next few years until we all have electric cars, <laughs> <laughs> or or we gut this thing and we put an electric motor in it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, whatever keeps them on the road. Yeah. You know, whatever keeps whatever keeps this rolling art. Uh, available and public and and out there for the next generation to see and, and admire because that's really what it's about. These things are they're pieces of art. Same with that century. They're are they making those today or do they? Uh, they... It
1: said they were still making them up to They had a refresh in twenty eighteen. So it, uh, to me, that they means do. they're probably still making them. I mean, here's the deal: that car you're, you're looking at there. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to do an electric redo on a car like that, yeah. And, and let's, let's be realistically here. In the next 15 years, people are going to be driving electric cars and scooters around town. You see people driving these little, these quads and stuff because there's city permits and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're horrible. (laughs) They're just hideous, (laughs) hideous vehicles. They're not even fun to drive. I mean, around town, but oh, I don't want to drive my own car. So I'm going to drive this, this, this quad around town because Mm. I got a city permit. Well, how much better would it be to have this car with an electric motor? Yeah. Just drive around town. Hey, I'm going to go to the drive-in, grab some food or whatever, and go drive back balls. home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This would and, and and you're respecting and preserving history.
0: And I would love to yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, there's part of me that's still. I I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. I, I enjoy the the internal combustion engines that I have in my garage right now. But you know, there is going to be a time where we're going to have to make that decision. And rather than take something like this or any old car, even if it's an old Corvette you have, or uh, you know, an old VW Bug. At some point, the decision is going to have to be: Do I park this and turn it into a piece of a museum piece, yeah. and who cares about it if it, if I do that? Or do I adapt? And I, I look at that as a very tough choice. But look at the hot rodders. Hot rodders took old Model Ts in the '50s and said, "These things go 40 mile an hour." Forget that. I'm gonna yank this out and put a small block Chevy in yeah. it with three deuces. And the pure, and the
1: purists weren't freaking out back then,
0: were they? Well, some were, some were, but for the most part, people enjoyed them, and yeah. that's what people remember. Yeah. If you look back at '50s, you know, old songs, you know, talking about deuce coupes and you know '60s stuff, yeah. they're talking about hot rods and and you know stuff with Oldsmobile Rocket '88 motors in them. They aren't talking about like. Original, you know, factory restored, authentic Model Ts with 40 horsepower. Those are fun cars in their day. Yeah. But there's got to be a way to adapt. And um, I think that's going to be. Well, fun. I think
1: realistically, I mean, you and I have talked about it in previous shows because we're futurists, Daryl. We think about we the are. future. Uh, that, that car will never see the interstate. That right. car is not going to be on a highway at, a, at any time in its future. So, I mean, you can either make it a museum piece which there's going to be a lot of those, or you can actually make it some kind of usable tech that maybe you can use around town and just kind of cruise. And realistically, there's not going to be guys who are going to be wanting to change, work on custom distributors and God knows what else, you know, 3d printers are going to be amazing, but they can't do magic.
0: (laughs) No, no, we're finding that now. In fact, there's a lady who, who just purchased an old uh, company that um, the guy was like one of the only people in the world that made old reproduction cast, uh, tail light lenses, headlight um, or turn signal lenses, ta- you know stuff like that, emblems, all that plastic acrylic stuff uh, that's deteriorated in the last 70, 80 years. And there was one guy and he, he, he basically just closed up shop and a young woman bought it because she's got a 56 Dodge and she, she does uh, all kinds of stuff with epoxies and resins and she does art. And she's like, this combines both of my hobbies. Yeah. And everybody's hitting her up like, "Oh, I need an order for this, an order for that." Or this. she's like, "Hold on, I'm taking inventory of what we have, yeah. and then I have to cast and redo all this stuff because it doesn't exist." Yeah, she's not going to make tons and tons of money because there's no secondary market for that. Yeah, it's very niche, mm-hmm. and she's doing it out of love. It's not because it's. Yeah. it's I'd be interested
1: to get more on that story. Maybe we can share it later on. Maybe, maybe, maybe someday when Daryl gets his studio set up, we'll do a phone conversation with that woman and drive her nuts.
0: Sounds perfect. <laughs> In the meantime, thanks for letting us drive you nuts for the last hour and whatever it's been.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and thanks to the Patreon subscribers. We do appreciate all your support. Hopefully you enjoyed spending this last hour and a half with us. We were really good until Cars of the Week, and then we, we chewed your ear for a yeah, while. Hopefully it's, it's, it's you
0: enjoyed it. All right. It's all right. Uh, until next time, uh, you can hit us up, info at com. You can like us on Facebook or, of course, tell all your friends about us. And if you'd like to throw a few bucks our way to help defray some of the costs for servers and hosting and all that fun stuff. And a can. MIDI
1: board. I'm going to have like a sound effect board. I'm yes. going to hit a button and just go whoop, 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 or something like that or the Moment of Musk music will come <laughs> up. with something. The themes. Oh, yeah, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So that's, that's this year should be fun. We're going to do some more stuff with technology. And then uh, Daryl and I talked about getting some more interviews. So... We're going to try and make it happen. COVID, be damned. We're in for it.
0: Until next time, I'm Daryl Scott.
1: Merrick am Stahl.
0: See ya.